find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Yo, yo, what up, what up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, please don't forget to check out the past episodes, especially the K-Town Hustler series. It is not illegal to binge listen to the shows and catch up in real time, but it's all good. If you have not already, please hit that subscribe button. Now, a few facts before we get started. One, we are a globally top-ranked podcast, okay? means we are ranked globally. Every single fucking country listens to BTB, right? And we are consistent as fuck. Number two, this show is produced by the world-famous Dust Brothers, the best podcast producers in the game. It is in High definition stereo sound. You are not going to find a podcast that sounds this good. Number three, this is 100% professional podcasting. Okay, not amateur podcasting, not podcasting. We just record into a microphone, just put the shit out. No, this is professional podcasting with new episodes dropping every single Monday and Thursday at 12 noon Pacific time. Lastly, I am your host, and my name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. All right, y'all. Some call me the Korean John Cusack. Some people started calling me the Doge Lord. Yes, yes, it is a great day, y'all. We got to make it a great day, like I said, but it is a great day. We got a treat for the jewelry heads today. You know, I don't talk about jewelry like that very much, but we got Tracks NYC making his second appearance on the show. And he's been turning up heavy over the last few weeks on his YouTube, on his fucking other thing. I don't know, his, his IGTV. He's been going crazy. All right, so we got him coming up uh, shortly. So, um, guys, yesterday was my first day back at work for IF&Co. Now, when I say four, it's, you know, we're a team, right? Yes, I'm the president, co-founder, but, you know. Um, when I say back, I mean, like, officially going to an office in the morning, you know, eating my lunch there, working, getting all my shit, getting it cracking, getting used to things. It's very weird. It feels crazy, you know, that we're back. I'm vaccinated. Motherfuckers are vaccinated in the office. Like, you know, I'm wearing a fucking mask in my office. I'm good, okay? For the first time in 16 years, we are all under the same roof, okay? Me, Jimmy, Joe, my cousin James, Steve, all the new employees, Okay. By the way, we have moved in to our state-of-the-art factory slash office slash showroom. And no joke, like no cap at all, no exaggeration even. Not even companies that do $100 million a year, like fucking uh, uh, like Simon G or I forgot what the fuck the other company, like fucking Yerman, whatever the fuck it may be, okay? They can't fuck with our factory, our workspace, okay? The only person I've even seen that's even nicer is Avi and Kobe. That's in New York. This is a whole different level. We just moved in, 
Okay, this space we got is fucking remarkable. It is truly a just it's a masterpiece. But we just barely moved in. We need to update our furniture. We got some old shit in there. Um, shout out to Alex Gintani. I don't know if you know, but his dad is a fucking legend in downtown LA and a legend in the jewelry world. Yes, Gintani, who does all my cars, who tunes them and everything. His dad is the godfather of downtown Los Angeles. He's not fucking around. But I need to get the rest of my shit in. I'm just getting situated. It's fucking nice to have a place to go to. Look, we don't even have showroom trays yet for our display cases, okay? We're just in there. We got seven bulletproof doors, though. We were the only office in 7,700 office spaces on Hill Street. The only one that has a bathroom. A fucking bathroom with the Toto, you know, the fucking you know, automatic toilet and everything. But you know what my cousin did? Turned it into a fucking rodium room. And it's all good. Fuck it. We don't need, you know, there's plenty of bathrooms on the floor or whatever, but it just was nice to have one. We had a kitchen. Guess what we did? Turn it into fucking more manufacturing. But we have, like, literally, we have hired more diamond setters and everything else going on, you know. And um, we still have to finish our expansion, right? We bought uh, the store next to us for our flagship location, Beverly Hills, uh, at the Beverly Center. Well, it's going through remodeling, going through expansion and all that shit. It was supposed to be ready by Valentine's Day. That shit didn't happen. So we just keep getting pushed fucking back. So hopefully we reopen in four weeks. I will let you guys know here. But I will not be at the flagship store unless I have to be. Um, I'll be taking private meetings and things like that. Obviously, I'm booked until you know what, unless I decide to do more work. And now I got this battery in my back. I'm feeling fresh. I'm tired as a motherfucker right now, but I'm feeling energized and I feel inspired. So I may add some more work and I might take some more custom jobs, but I got motherfuckers hitting me left and right. So look, I hope that this changes a lot because look, you know, we were able to do okay. I didn't have to furlough anybody. You know, everyone eats at IF and Co. Everyone was good during the pandemic, yo. So anyways, with that said, yes, um, Yesterday, I worked from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at my new office, right? And then at 3.30 until 7.30, I shot a commercial from my brand new Kingsford X BBDTC Gold Barbecue Grill, which drops next month in just a few weeks, okay? Listen, guys, I've done some shit with Network, you know, did the fucking... Crazy, uh, you know, refrigerate, mini fridge just dropped. We've done the sealer, digital gold scale that weighs up to a kilo, two different color um, money counters, you know, some fun novelty shit. Now it's getting serious. Like this time we really outdid ourselves, okay? This just tops anything that I've done before. And I'm just very grateful to have my name associated with such a big household brand. Right, and again, it don't stop. Right, we got more shit coming on the network app. And speaking of household names, man, I'm actually going to be a part of the NFL draft uh, tomorrow night. Um, I think around 5:45 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be on the NFL, the actual real NFL drafts Zoom with some other players and some other celebrities, whatever else. And it was crazy, but you know, my agency XL, they don't fuck around. Uh, back to the jewelry work. When I say four years, that means, because I had VVS, I had an office there, so I didn't really have the jewelry stuff. So I only came in to make pieces, and that was it. I go to my store for some private meetings, but I didn't have a place as far as iPhone Co. goes because, you know, 
I haven't had a dedicated office since Slauson. And really, my desk at Slauson was fucking bullshit. It was terrible, you know, and I still had to go to downtown to do the manufacturing. We had three different places, one store, then we had like logistics, then we had the fucking, you know, the e-commerce and shit, and then we had the fucking factory. Look, I cannot tell you like how ecstatic I am. Like I am so excited. I can't believe how far we have come. Like I open random doors in my fucking factory. I see people working. I'm like, God damn, shit. Like everyone is working. They're not fucking around sitting there jerking off. They're not on their phones. They're not looking at shit. Everyone is doing something. They are fucking making it work. And it's amazing. If I fucking stop working with Ivanko, it, it wouldn't stop this. They are there working. Everyone's learning how to do things, teaching people how to fucking make grills, teaching people all the small shit here and there day by day. We got full photography. We have, you know, a finance team. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, just very, very, very pleased of what's going on. We have so many fucking employees now. It's crazy. And one of the best parts about it is we have a 95% Korean staff, all right? My team is 95% Koreans. And the crazier part is we're 99% Asian, all right? Shout out to my girl, Wendy. Wendy's been with us for... About maybe five years now. I love Wendy, man. Wendy's fucking great. She's from the hood. And Wendy's about it. Wendy's a bad bitch, too. I don't need to sleep on Wendy. She's dope as fuck. And uh, she's from the hood, from South Central, Mexican. Um, and uh, Wendy had lost her mom just a few months ago to COVID. So my condolences to that. But I'm very proud of my team and what we got going on. And we are just going to fucking crush it now. And it's, again, I'm feeling inspired. So, you know, shout out to my cousin James, too. James really changed the actual business aspect of us all around. But, yeah, man, that Asian power. Um, speaking of Asians, my charity event drive is this weekend. It is Saturday. The PML Quick Strike for Stop Asian Hate, okay, again, is the day after tomorrow. Again, that is Saturday morning, May 1st, 7 a.m. And now until they go to the at PML Quick Strike Instagram page to find out more info. Uh, remember, this event is free, but if you're planning on driving with us from downtown to the IE, please make sure you know how to fucking drive properly, okay, that you can keep up and make sure you're not a fucking dick fuck, okay? Yes, that is Saturday. For those of you who are coming on the pre-meet, I only had like 10 spots. I don't want to have too many people, right? I don't think I got back to a couple people. There's so many fucking DMs. If I did not get back to you, send a DM right now as you're reading this and say, hey, listen, I want to go to the pre-meet and I'm going to pick like two or three more heads. I don't want to have a lot of people, okay? Now, you know I couldn't go 10 minutes, right? About 10 minutes in the show now, right? You know I couldn't go 10 minutes without talking about cryptocurrency. Come on, man. You know, look, I don't get how a coin <laughs> that's based upon a fucking Japanese dog could get fools so mad, Right, I've seen pages, business pages on Instagram that have discredited what the Doge Army has done. They've talked shit. I see people truly hate, like you're fucking dumbass. Yeah, they're only talking about this for this. And did we avoid? Shut the fuck up. Do you, do you realize you could just fucking Google iPhone, Coban, Baller, Bitcoin? And we've been fucking making these chains for ten years, making Ethereum since the day it came out. The fuck are you guys talking? Because the guys, like, this is so fucking stupid. You guys, are idiots. You're dumb. You're giving bad advice. It's gonna go to zero cents. I'm like, guess what, motherfucker? No, it didn't. All right, you little fucking ginger carrot looking motherfucker. Okay, real actual business stock trader crypto pages, like actually mad. 
It's like, what the fuck is you mad about? Stop calling an altcoin. Stop calling a meme coin. Okay? Stop saying stupid ass shit. This isn't fucking elongate. It's not safe moon. It's not elong coin or Shiba coin or fucking ass coin or porn dick. Where the fuck your stupid ass coins are. Okay? Yes, you could possibly make money with those coins. You can get in and out. I bought here boom, eight hours later. I'm fucking out. Man, fuck all that shit. Doge is a stabilized, legit OG crypto coin. It is sitting at 30 cents right now. All right? It was dancing around the last few days, around 26 to 28 cents. And then on Tuesday night, Elon Musk tweeted about his SNL hosting. You know, his hosting gig he's doing on May 8th, whatever the fuck. And he called himself with the tweet. He called himself the Doge Father, playing off the, the Godfather, right? And then as soon as he did that, within a minute, fucking two minutes, the coin shot up to 34 cents, all right? You got people saying, oh, you're mad. Shut the fuck up. No, my math is not wrong, okay? Because you know what? You guys should know by now. I talk too much shit. I say the craziest fucking shit. So when I'm wrong, I'm fucking going to tell you guys. You think I want to be? I don't want to be wrong. And I'm not. So don't try to go on my math. Okay? But yeah, Elon tweeted that shit, said the Doge father, and it fucking went crazy. And it's been sitting above 30 cents ever since. It's just literally been going crazy. Okay? Mark Cuban went on the Ellen Show on Monday to talk about Doge. Or Tuesday morning, actually. You know what? And he, he said on the episode, he, oh, he's trying to convince her, so told Ellen DeGeneres, please accept Dogecoin for your merch and all your shit for your store. You know, honestly, look, this coin is going to hit $1, okay? Whether you guys like it or not, it's going to hit $1. When Elon puts the little Dogecoin inside the fucking rocket and they go to the moon, literally, for real, that shit is going to fucking go crazy, okay? And it's going to hit $1, whether you guys like it or not. And when it crashes after that, listen... It's actually going to climb back up and find some stability again, and it'll still be a good long-term coin, okay? Do you want to know why? Because like I said before, this is the real people's crypto coin, okay? So stop with all the hate. Stop with all the bullshit. If you got in when I told you guys to get the fuck in, you know, even when I started riffing and ranting about the shit, it was still at fucking five cents, Right. So anyways, back to the haters of crypto saying everything is down. So, oh, it's a sham. It's a scam. It's this and whatever. You ain't talking about safe moon. Okay. Dunce fucks. Crypto isn't going anywhere. Not only is cryptocurrency the future, it is a mandatory currency that we will all use soon. We'll all have to use soon. Okay. So get fluent in it. It's no fluke. And by the way, all cryptocurrency is actually up, right? ETH broke 2700 fucking dollars. It's gone fucking crazy. I told my mom to get in, all right? At just 25 grand, so get it to mom, just get in. Okay, she bought 10 coins at $2,200. This shit has already made her money, right? Imagine, she's made fucking 500 coins right there, just like that, just, you know, in fucking a week. It's crazy, um, sort of in the crypto space, me and my longtime friend, uh, Nick Diamond. Yes, for all you new jacks on there who just knows Instagram name, Nicky Diamonds. No one calls, anyone calls him fucking Dicky. I know you don't know Nick, right? Anyways, 
Me and Nick Diamond, uh, aka Diamond Supply, are dropping our first set of NFTs. I've waited for a while. We were trying to drop these motherfuckers in January. Keep going on. I got busy. Anyways, I love these two NFTs. We're dropping. We're dropping one that is going to have an addition. Don't know exactly what the number is yet. It'll be under a thousand for sure. Um, we have a tangible item that will go with these NFTs. We made a gold NBA regulation size basketball, high quality, beautiful fucking ball. It's gold metallic gold with a fucking black bb size symbol on there and a diamond supply they're fucking sick like this is actually a sick ball by itself okay and it'll be attached to a limited edition numbered nft all right and then there will be a one of one platinum bbx diamond supply ball that will have a one of one nft that will be up for auction all right so please stay tuned this shit is going to get real nasty okay but I just wanted to make sure that people who buy NFTs from me were able to hold something in their hands, all right? And they get to collect, so they get the best of both worlds. So before we get into this interview with uh, Trax, I got to say, look, I, I see a lot of people before the pandemic, and of course, a lot during and a lot now, who play the victim card, okay? Don't try to read it any deeper than it needs to be. If it feel, you feel like it fits you, then maybe it does, all right? But let me finish with what I'm saying. Some people don't even realize that they're playing the victim. And they don't even realize that they're actually better than that, okay? They're stronger than that. Some of them are lazy, but overall, it is totally unacceptable, okay? Always remember this. Someone in a worse situation than you Anyone that you know that has it bad, okay? Or anytime you've been in a worse situation you've ever been in, okay? Someone with the worst situation than your worst kept it pushing and won. They took the same shit you had, maybe even harder, okay? Achieved and went past, jumped over all the obstacles, okay? And they got the W. All right. They won. There are tools in front of your face that some people don't even fucking see. It's in front of their face. They don't even see it. You know what they do? They choose to use them to make a help sign instead. Instead of using it to do something else to get them out of the fucking rut. It's like, no, let me make a sign and ask people to help me. Look, guys, come on, man. We got to do better. Okay, I rarely asked for help when I was coming up. When I was really young, yeah, boom, tough love between my parents, you know. And it's because mostly you now when, when I got older, I was like, I'm too fucking like, fuck this. I'm too prideful, whatever, boom. Some people's like, hey, man, sometimes you guys drop your pride. No, fuck that. Sometimes it's time to tough enough and grow some balls, okay? I didn't ask any of my boys when I, you know, when I got older and shit. You know, I don't want to hear any excuses. You know, I don't, want, I don't want to hear no. I don't want to hear like no certain things, especially from people who, you know, so-called have my back. And at the same time, I don't know. They might have situations, you know, nobody fucking knows. So I just always had this attitude that nobody was coming back for me. All right. I'm all on my fucking own. Not my mom, brother, sister, anybody. Oh, I'd say we look, shut the fuck up. All right. Get that real independent swagger inside your body. Okay. And be like, look, nobody is going to help me get off this fucking island. I got to get off this island by myself, okay? 
I promise you, your success will be 10 times stronger. It'll feel that much better, okay? Always be ready for them what ifs, right? I hate a motherfucker. What if this? What if that? Motherfuckers love to hit you with that reply. Well, what if your homie stole your money? What if your cousin stole your girl and lied on you and ruined your life? What if your car got a flat on the way to your job interview? What if this, man? Then you know what? Then stay the fuck ready for any what if possible. Fuck a what if, all right? Okay? Fuck any excuses. Let that shit fuel you, all right? To prove any doubt or any hater that you can do it yourself. Even your loved ones. Prove it to your loved ones. Like, nah, I got this, man. Okay? You know, you got motherfuckers who say their family, say their homies, try to knock you down. Like, oh, okay, here you go. Boom. Low key, put you in, in, in a worse position, you know, because they don't want to do it. Fuck that. Let that fuel your fire. I already told you guys before, turn tragedy into triumph. Okay? What if this, what, what if nothing, bitch? I made it. Now what's your problem? Anyways, that was a heavy rant, right? <laughs> Anyways, you know, tracks came from an immigrant family. And um, I had another story real quick. We'll jump into the interview. Sorry. I randomly had a chat with this guy who runs some social media pages. He fucking does bat mitzvahs. He does, he does bar mitzvahs. He does funerals. Now this guy does everything. He's a marketing expert. No joke. This guy's fucking all over the place. It's crazy. He is a professional dot connector. Connect two people together, figure things out. He is a fucking networking genius, Okay throws parties, all that shit. And he was telling me this crazy story because, you know, he's he's Persian. And he's like, dude, man, my family fled Tehran. And what, you know, he failed to tell me is that his dad was very successful. Like he was a rich guy in Tehran, Iran. He was, they, they somehow, I guess it didn't work out, so they had to come to America. So, you know, he grew up, his, his dad grew up kind of rich. When he came to America, said, fuck this, we have better hopes, you know, different lives, obviously different politics, different things. You don't have a dictatorship, you don't have all this crazy shit that was going on over there. I don't know who the fuck it was back then. Was it fucking uh, Ayatollah or Gaddafi? Maybe I'm wrong by everything, but I'm just saying they had more hopes for a better life for their family here in America. Or actually, I'm sorry, it was Canada, okay? But they left their riches back in Iran, okay? Well, this guy and his brother, right, when they got to high school, they got made fun of in junior high here and there, but whatever. And him and his brother figured out like hustling shit and everything. They became cool kids. They played sports. You know, they sold weed in high school. By the time they were in high school, they were really cool, even though they got made fun of because they, you know, they didn't come from a rich family, like I said. You know, they weren't destitute, but they were on welfare. Both parents worked very hard. They did what they could. You know, they packed the fucking some embarrassing lunches for them at school. You know, kids can be brutal. It doesn't matter. I'm sure they're worse now, but. These two guys, they became real popular in high school and they're very liked by everyone, right? And again, you know, they sold weed. They just, they, they threw parties and shit and um, they were just the shit, right? They threw a big ass house parties and, and one weekend, one night, they threw this monster house party. Every fucking person was there, all the popular kids and everything, right? And they fucking ordered 30 pizzas from like three, four different places because... Uh, not one place couldn't handle 30 pieces at one time, right? So get all these pizzas and everything, right? And um, this, by the way, just so you know, this was the early 90s. This is not fucking now where you have access to post me all this shit. This is, you know, like 92, uh, 91, somewhere around there. Anyways, when the second pizza delivery guy got to the house party and he arrived, 
it was this dude's dad. <laughs> All right. He didn't even know that his dad had a second job as a pizza delivery guy just to make ends meet so that, they, you know, they can be fucking clothed and fed and, you know, pay the rent and everything. His dad was too fucking embarrassed to tell his sons that he had a sec, he had to take a second job as a pizza guy, right? So the whole fucking school that was there, all the popular kids and shit, they saw these kids, you know, their dad was a fucking pizza delivery guy. I was fucking embarrassed. And look, look I'm going to stop here. To be honest, if you can't get what this means, then please push pause after I say this and give you some instructions, okay? Find the baby powder. Make sure to apply a liberal amount into your strongest hand and then slap yourself. Anyways, look, man, that fucking story, I don't know, man. I know some of you guys might, might be scratching your head. That fucking story just hit me different because my mom busted her ass. My dad, you know, he was a teacher. He didn't really make very much. My mom busted her ass, right? The shit that a parent will do for his family is just un limited all right that was the point of that story i thought i'd say that anyways listen guys let's get into a commercial real quick and then we'll be right back with the crazy motherfucker tracks myc my man mike Maxud. he's on btb for a second time yo miles hit me with that lakey beat one time Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Ben Baller. I'd like to introduce you all to our newest sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Try meals ready in 20 minutes or less, lightning prep recipes, and quick breakfasts and lunches. Perfect for your busy schedule. HelloFresh offers 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh has a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals a day, plus every snack and treat in between. I got the family vegetarian option and it is just what the doctor ordered for my dietary needs. You can get meat or fish options too. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12baller and use 12baller for 12 free meals, guys. That includes free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12baller. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, I'm going to say it one last time. HelloFresh.com slash one two baller. Yo, yo, what up, ladies and gentlemen? You already know what the fuck it is. BTB 
Behind the Baller podcast, we rarely ever have repeat guests on here. They got to be some special people. There was one point in time where I wanted to stab this motherfucker. I'm sure he wanted to do some shit to me too. And you know what's crazy is I had dreams of killing this fucking guy in real life. You know what I mean? And now he's back for a second go. My man, motherfucking Max, a.k.a. Tracks NYC. Maxud, what's good, what's bro? What's up? What's going on? Everything is good. I'm feeling great. Yeah, you sound good, man. Still alive. Still alive somehow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back, bro. Listen, you are a crazy motherfucker. And but I, look, I hope you don't take that in the wrong way cuz I am a crazy yeah, motherfucker, right? Sure. And like I said, even though I thought that me and you meeting up would have ended in violence, you know what I'm saying? It'd been like some fucking Israelis versus the Palestinians, right? It was fucking crazy. Um, plenty Palestinians, Palestinians. Uh I see a lot of similarities. In the way we speak, and you know, and, and the brash behavior, and you know, just the. Listen, we're both intellectual guys, and uh, I never underestimated you on that end. You didn't know me that well, and you assumed I'd be one of these uh, Diamond District uh, dudes, <laughs> you know, poking jewelry in your face, saying "Buy it, buy it! I got the best price! I got the best price!" That's the fucking opposite of what I am, bro. I'm a thinker. No, no, for sure. You know what? It's funny. Just just watching some of your videos sometimes, I'm like, this fucking guy is fucking hilarious. Um, dude, you know what? Last interview was good. I feel like um, I feel like we didn't... There was too much that we wanted to discuss about the whole fucking beef, and it was just... We were focused on that, you know? This is like... Mm-hmm. Let's talk about life, bro. Let's talk about us as businessmen outside of jewelry. Um, right. I think we're at different places in life. One, I'm a lot older than you, so I think that... You know, you building your empire now mm-hmm. is very important, and, and you're going. We're going through a weird situation. I went through a recession before, so even though this is ten times worse, I've kind of been well, able to maneuver. Well, uh, let me interrupt you over there. This is kind of ten times better for me. You know, all this capital printing I'm absorbing, uh, and I'm doing some uh, interesting business styles that are that are really paying off in spades, to be honest. So uh, nice. I'm happy as a, as a fucking pig in mud. So check this out. I've said this on my show for the last, I don't bring it up too much because, you know, it's, it sounds tone deaf, right? But like, um, you know, I, was, I had the best year of my life, my financial year ever last year, right? Like, you know, I broke, I'm not going to get into numbers, but it was, it was very high. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a high NBA all-star salary, you know, it wasn't a, a rapper salary, you know, unless, you know, it'd be the, the <laughs> 0.001%. So, so let's get into it, bro. How has business been? since the pandemic started? Well, listen, I'm a man of numbers and I could say good or bad, but that's a waste of everybody's fucking time who's listening. I sold uh, last month $3.3 million worth of jewelry and this month I'm looking at 3.4 or 3.5. It's uh, closer to the end of the month. I think we're at 3.2. I think we could squeeze into 3.5. So that's pretty much how business has been this month and I'm going to push it to 3.6 3.6 next month, and if I could service all the clients properly, I'll push it to four, and uh, my target is 10 a month. To gauge, what would you say April 2019 was, though? Just guess. Um, 1.5. Okay, shit, holy fuck. Okay, so you talked about you know the, all this printing and everything, right? So let me ask you, you think pumping $1.7 trillion into the economy, turning our dollar into absolute dog shit, do you think that fucked up business, especially a luxury business? Because we're in a business that's not an essential. It's literally it's a luxury business. Um, it didn't affect us really, you know what I mean? But I'm just curious, right. like, 
Well, listen, I mean, in a luxury business is when there's too many dollars around, that's where you want to be because people want to throw their money on what they perceive to be as an asset. And they're flying off the, the shelves now. The, the real challenge is to, to be able to produce. In an inflationary cycle, you have to be a producer, right? Because once things get sold out, the first things that get sold out go up in price. Even my boy, Safari, he just, uh, you know, he, he got the point. I was trying to explain to him what, what's going on. He bought a, a, a truck, like an 18-wheeler or something, for $60,000. That's usually a $40,000 truck. But it's $60,000 now because the trucks are being bought out. Something is going on. And it's a hard asset that needs to be produced. That production is going to be limited. It can't be scaled up quickly. Those prices go up. If they go up to 80000 no one's going to buy them anymore. Then they're going to figure out what they're going to buy. Snowmobile, I bought that. This, I bought that. Everything is sold out. Whatever's left that could be produced, that's a good. Money's going to pour in like Niagara Falls. And anybody who's a producer... Um, and I'm giving them a, a big gem here, right? They got a network and uh, they got to make moves and they can uh, capitalize on that while, while it's hot. Because after is when the real collapse is going to come, when shit really hits the fan. And uh, I don't know what that's going to look like, but that boils down to the reserve currency. And if it could withhold, it withstand um, uh, this type of printing. If it could, then it'll benefit the American people and, and for some time. Um, but if, if they get addicted to paper, then that's a problem. No, that's for sure. And you know what? Do me a favor. Explain to the people, you, you mentioned inflation, right? And I tell people a lot, this is a business podcast, right? This is not a joy podcast. We talk about business here. Now, people don't understand <laughs> your money in the bank, right? The interest you have on your money there, it doesn't even fucking cover inflation, right? So you understand that, correct? Anybody who is even concerned in a situation like this about the interest in their bank the interest in their bank is nothing it's a cup of coffee yeah uh you know, that's, yeah i don't know what they're doing over there but it's a non-entity out here so. i wish i had a fucking career i just it's too many uh obstacles you really have to be in korea but they, they do a 10 percent. so if you have a million dollars in there you're literally getting 10 grand a month and they're giving you like on a debit card it's crazy how much money the interest is crazy there that's that's crazy. I don't know how they pull that off. I guess their banks are, or it's a you know. This, we had this here with money market accounts in oh seven oh six. I hope they're not in some sort of bullshit bubble or something like that. It's an interesting thing over there. I was just was just breaking down. Like I tell people, listen, you need to be aggressive. You need to get in. Listen, you need to make money when you're sleeping because if you don't, th- listen. Back in the day. People were able to fucking, you know, buy a home working at McDonald's, working at fucking, you know, at Montgomery Ward, which is like, you know, working at a fucking whatever, Macy's, anything, you know, just like a basic place and getting minimum wage and you're able to buy a house that, you know, inflation is, has separated and made the gap so big. It's, uh, it's a little crazy. So I just, you know, I heard you say that and I'm like, wow, you know, fucking Maksud, man, he's fucking well-versed in this. This is good. And this is going to be a good combo. Listen, I mean, you know, the, the thing that people don't understand is that they're getting saffed they're getting sapped and drained of their, uh, uh, you know, potential. It's like there's always less cereal in the box or, or something like that. And, and uh, you know, the price of a, a Metro card is always going up. And you're being nickeled and dimed um, by this economy more and more. And there's a reason for that. And it's because, uh, you know, the incentive is the outcome. And the incentive for the people making the laws is that the stock market goes up. And all the money that they've uh, pooled and stolen goes up uh, perpetually. So they worry about, 
you know, stock market gains, but the average person is not in the stock market. So they print capital, they cover losses, they cover losses of banks, and everybody's always, somebody somewhere is always getting way, way richer, and they're building space stations while you're scrounging around. And that, that's a bad trend. That, that leads to the collapse no, of civilization. It's, it's fucked up. And I do think, look, you said it in a very positive way. I'm going to say it in more of a, not skeptic, but, you know, neutral way. I said that there's going to be a really bad recession sometime this year and usually, you know, whatever. And, and I haven't felt it yet. There's other people who definitely are because the homeless situation, that's a whole other discussion. But I do think that we're on a brink of either it works or we're just in, it ain't going to be like, oh, it works. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it's either it works and we can kind of figure this out or we're in fucking like shit. You know what I mean? Like well, a, a real I'll tell collapse. you my theory, you know, saying, you know, we're in shit. Uh, I want to kind of paint a picture of what it actually is going to happen. Uh, the, and it's more of the same. Less middle class. The poor are getting way, way poorer. Homeless, they can't even get a fucking stimulus check. They don't have a bank account. They don't have any paperwork. So that $1,400, that would be a dream for them that they deserve that every other American is getting. They're not even getting that. They're just getting kicked around like they're nothing. And it's going to turn into Babylon, man, or, or Rome or something like that. It's going to get nasty. And people are going to get, get you know, more mass shootings, more killings, more, uh, you know, um, pulling away from the cops. And I thought it was a taser type shit. Yeah. More, sure. more horrifying things. And then it's going to turn into, you know, more pressure. And you, we need a hero. You know what I'm saying? To solve that type of problem. If you don't get like an FDR or, or a Lincoln. Um, at, at the nick of time, you're going to have violence in the streets. And that's what people could, uh, could uh, look forward to. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. And I do think it's going to be more of that. I think it's going to get obviously a lot worse before it gets better. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm just recently just, I'm not great with history, but I think FDR, did, I think, <laughs> now look at guys, don't quote me. But at one point, FDR made 90% tax or something like that in the country. It was fucking crazy. It was something nuts. I, no, I, I don't think it was FDR. I think it um, under Eisenhower, it went up to something crazy like that. Okay, was it Eisenhower? Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, there was some, you know, well, listen, at that time, a fucking doctor was making as much as a mechanic or something like that, you know? Yeah. It was a different time, but nobody cared because they were living in a, they were happy with their society. They didn't even Dude, give a shit. Ev everyone dressed very well. You know, you yeah. had a button down, you had a vest, you had a jacket, you had a hat, you were fully dressed. You know, you had, you were, right. everyone was clean. So currently right now, 2021, this battle has been going on for a while. I've decided to not necessarily partake in it. I just kind of like, look, you know where I stand. And if you don't, too fucking bad. You have been at the forefront of it. And the battle amongst jewelry districts across the globe. There's a battle between the honest and decent. Mm -hmm. all right? True. And on the other side, you have the money-hungry, scum-fuck, piece-of-shit, cock-sucking, bitch-motherfucking, punk-motherfuckers. Okay? Greedy people. People yes. that uh, you could give them, you know, the, the planet, they'll say, hey, what about Mars? You give them the solar system, they'll say, what about the, that galaxy over there? Exactly. Just, there's, there's no limit to what, okay. how much they want. Yeah. So without any fucking filter... Bro, who the fuck is a CBD bandit, bro? Please tell me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually gave out the hints, and uh, I'll tell you. Well, listen, I'm in, uh, negotiating him uh, with him through back channels. He did a lot of sneaky shit. He did some things that uh, he stepped up in my office with some goon, and he um, he did some stuff that I'm just really contemplating whether he's good or evil. 
And Fuck w- this what guy. Let's expose him, him, bro. Yeah, I'm going to expose. I can't expose him here. I already, his name is all over in the comments or whatever it is, but I'm beefing with him hard. And okay. I'm, I'm going to reserve that card uh, for the right moment. So let me ask you, you know? a question. I watched the last, well, I watched the video five days ago. Then I did the update. Is this, did you spend more effort on this or did you spend more effort on the, the video with me and Greg? Uh, this is definitely way more intense. <laughs> this is definitely way more intense because this guy, you know, he didn't just say some shit or some bullshit like that. Uh, this guy played a dirty, dirty game. And, uh, you know, it's not the one and done and all this other shit. I'm going to be sitting here and I got him on my mind 24-7 and I'm coming up with crazy ideas. And, uh, you know, it's it's scary for him. Because I kind of puzzled out some things inside my mind that he lived, he, he's, not, he's not even our age or, or your age. He's older. And if he doesn't come to his fucking senses, he's going to change the course of his fucking life. And, you know, I'm, I'm a God-fearing man, bro. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And I'm not his judge to punish him, you know. But, but if he fucking plays around and goes down that road, you know, I know all of his dirty little secrets. I put myself inside his head. I found out how he maneuvers through his business, where he tries to take the shortcuts. And all those shortcuts would be right as rain if it wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? But uh, he, uh, you know, stepped on my uh, pinky toe. And now, uh, you know, we have this conflict. And it's personal. I could uh, resolve that conflict in a simple way, in a calm way. But I didn't like, there's something on my mind that's very, very dark, bro. That if he he was involved in it. Yeah, no, fuck it. Sometimes people are like, hey, man, all I did was backhand at 30% your mom. And you came back and got cannons and grenades and blew up everyone in my neighborhood. And like, that's kind of where I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go a little extreme and then I kind of like, you know, smoke some weed or I might have to take some medicine and just, you know, kind of relax and everything. But so look, bro, um, I don't talk about joy very much on this show. Okay. I've had 180 episodes we've had a very successful show here you know we are ranked all over the globe it's not something you know this public information you can go look it up right we are we we're doing very big and um with that said some people wonder why i don't talk about jewelry and the show is called behind the baller when people associate ben baller they always say oh the chain this this and this i can't tell you how much i don't want to fucking talk about jewelry you know i've just been doing it for so fucking long right so with that said i've dabbled in talking about chemical vapor deposition, you know what I mean, diamonds, right? But we don't talk too much about CVDs, but because it's such a scumbag fucking thing to do, and I looked at this Google thing yesterday when I was writing up questions for you, and one of the questions that pull up on the Quora said, how can you tell the difference between a real diamond and a CVD? And the answer was, it's very easy. You could see the red fluorescent. No, listen, let me explain on behalf of 200, oh no, this for people living, 60 plus years of Hasidic Jews, Indians, diamond traders, and everything else, that's cap. There's not even 0.1% of people who can eyeball a CBD. It's just not going to happen, especially if it's you, no one's telling you nothing. It's going to take a lot. I've seen people loop it, blah, blah, whatever. I saw you do the thing with the CBD test, which is great. I have one too. But with that said, I see a lot in the last four years. I've seen a lot of HPHT diamonds on 47th Street, right? 
For those of you who don't know what HPHT stands for, it stands for high pressure, high temperature. These are now modified. It's like, now imagine you have a chick who's kind of okay. You know, maybe she has a pretty face, her body ain't that great. And then guess what? She goes and gets some fucking amazing fake titties done. She gets her ass done, boom. And you know what? There's paperwork to show it, right? And some people don't have the paperwork. They went to Columbia. So they're, they're being passed off as okay. And then people are wondering, wait a second, how the fuck does that guy have a fucking seven carat stone? And he only paid what a two carat stone would be. Uh-huh. Right. There it is. So I'd love to know what your take is on CVDs and on HPHTs. All right. So let's fast forward into the future if you're uh, 10 years, <laughs> okay. 20 years. Now I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. No, for sure. Go ahead. You, you're going to see people with one carat, two carat tennis bracelets, three carat chains, and so on and so forth. Uh, three carat solitaires. Right. Um, uh, going all the way around, because in reality, you know, what we love about diamonds is that they refract light and they draw attention. Now, why the hell would you buy yourself in today's day and age some one point five carat I won for some stupid amount of money when you could get a two carat, three carat VS one, you know, whose price is only going to be going down in the future in a CVD, which is essentially a, a diamond. Um, is just cheaper. The economic forces will never lose. I could say this, you could say that, we could try this, anybody could try that, but you cannot make water flow uphill. Yeah. And people are going to want bigger diamonds in the future, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe in the future, if things go the right way, everyone's going to be iced out or something like that. But no, it sure. kind of spells, uh, I don't know how far in the future, a distant end to a diamond industry unless uh, people really... Um, the price stabilizes, right? And if a CVD is $5 for a one carat sometime in the year 2025, then forget about the diamond industry. You oh, might no, as well sell, sell popcorn. Goodbye. See you later. You know? But hold on one second. Let, let me pause. I want you to please, Max, just hold your thought. Yeah. Everyone listening, I need to say this because, again, we are talking to some people, it may sound foreign. Some people, it sounds like, you know, this is like industry jargon. But let me break down real quick. Maksud said an I won, okay? By the way, that is pretty much dog shit, okay? So for those of you who don't understand and are listening to this show, you know, the grading scale on Clarity with Diamonds, they start at the I as the worst, and they go up obviously to a flawless. Now, there's a difference between internally flawless and flawless. Then obviously it becomes VVS1, VVS2, VS1, VS2. Then there goes SI1, SI2. GIA does not recognize SI3, but but EGL does recognize SI3. Uh, there's I1, I2, I3, and to tell you the truth, I don't even think I've ever seen, unless it's someone else's pieces. So the way he's breaking this down is is very true, and he said something about people wearing three-carat solitaire chains. Now understand, he said it very nonchalantly, but I, let me explain this real quick. Nobody is wearing a three-carat solitaire fucking chain. You have to be a complete fucking psychopath. Like, I can't explain to you. I have... $75,000 earrings each, so 150 grand for the pair, and they're three carats, okay? They're not even the best of the best. So if you want to imagine what that motherfucking chain would be, it would be in the millions. So sorry, Max, I just had to explain that real quick. Yeah, sure, of course, of course. Yeah, and that's a problem, you know? Like, uh, when you got those earrings, they had a market price, which was stable, and uh, if, you know, you could shake somebody upside down, and those earrings would not be found for a cheaper price. But now with, with this situation, you know, somebody with a way smaller budget 
can walk in a room and have earrings as big as and as and as clean as and as nice as yours. Maybe even some, nicer. Maybe yeah, even nicer. with some fluorescent nonsense or something like that. So yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that in the future they're going to be able to print diamonds that are already like you know in the shape of rings, and then you just polish and cut them. And, and there's <laughs> going to be a, 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 something going on that gives a re- a reason for for the, for some of these people to wake up in the morning. Okay, so you you're for the CBD uh, future. I'm not for it. Um, I, I would be able to maneuver around the business as it is, but that's not what's happening. You know, things change. You know what I'm saying? Um, and industries can die. There used to be people walking up and down Manhattan lighting gas lamps, and that was their job. Yeah. And then electric lighting came along, and that was gone. So you no, know, there's you have v- to know VHS what- stores, Blockbuster, DVDs, and yeah, they're just obsolete. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You're not going to change market forces, whether you're for them or against them. You have to figure out how to maneuver. The jewelry industry is going to be here, but people in the jewelry industry are going to find what is precious. Gold was never going to be uh, produced by anything anywhere, so that's always going to be gold. Uh, but if you know, if if diamonds, the problem with diamonds is that they're indestructible. So if somebody prints out uh, or grows, uh, you know, these uh, million dollar chains. Um, and they do every year for 10 years, you're going to have a hell of a lot of fucking uh, three-carat solitaire you know, tennis chains out there. And what is that going to mean for all the people that spent their money and the industry? People got to realize that. They got to realize that now. Okay, so what Max is saying is pretty much, guys, okay, first of all, FYI, they don't make CVDs bigger than a three-carat for the most part, okay? Um, there are man-made stones that people made where boom, but we're not going to get into that. Now, another thing Max is saying is that there could be a day and age, 10 years, 20 years down the line, where there is a market for this and this becomes something worth something. It's like right now it's Dogecoin at fucking point zero 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 seven, And like there is a point where this thing could be worth $5. But, you know, the thing is, if you've ever seen a CBD in person, and I mean a good VS1 uh, H it's fucking really beautiful. Now, if you see the really, really good ones, it's scary. It's it's truly to the point where like, yo, this is just insane. So um, my question to you, Max, then is, you did see that De Beers spent, what, two point something billion dollars in CBDs. Any idea? I did not see that. Oh, okay. I did not see that. So now that I've told you that, this is a couple, uh, two years ago, why the fuck would De Beers buy $2 billion in CBDs? I have no fucking idea. Maybe you could tell me. I'm thinking they're trying to, because it takes a long time to fucking grow a diamond. You know what I mean? I'm thinking that's that they good just, news because yeah. that's good news because it can't be easy and it can't be cheap. That's the thing. And I think that they're trying to at least either control it. So if it goes to shit, they have that. And if it doesn't, boom. Um, with that said, you know, uh, a very famous jeweler, probably one of the most famous in New York City, he sold a very famous rapper a 1.5 carat stud chain. Probably like 62 stones in it. It's a big chain, you know, it's, it's a nice chain. This is the only problem. People listening probably won't understand this, but you will. And I just want your reaction, okay? Mm-hmm. He goes, you have an idea now, right? You get it, right? You don't gotta do the math, it'll calculate. I just want you to understand, okay? Think of a 26 inch, you know, 18 carat gold chain. You know, stones look good to my eye. So obviously they're not, they're not, they're at least SI1 or better. Okay. 1.5 each stone. All right. 26 inches long, Max. It's a long chain. Okay. He pays $175,000 for that chain. Wow. 
How much should that chain have costed him? How much should that chain have costed him? Just off the top um, of your head. Off the top of my head, um, probably if it was sold. Listen, if it was sold for one seventy-five uh, on the face value, that's not the end of the world because com- competing with non-CVD stones, that's that's a great price. You're going to get a big look. No, no, no. Right? I understand. I'm saying if all of them had papers, right? Tell if the, all tell, of them had papers, tell one and the, a half characters. One one point five, bro. These are big stones. Tell the audience seven hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, somewhere, at, somewhere at least. There. Okay. So when he's paid once one seventy five, fail to tell me about it. Now look, for the most part in L.A., we don't have that fuckery. Starting getting worse. New York, you guys are very on your fucking toes. You guys are sharp motherfuckers. Okay. Brings the chain to get cleaned. Thank God. It would be virtually impossible to replace 70 stones in a matter of seven minutes. It, it'd be impossible. Right. Put it under the steam in the ultrasonic for five minutes. Put it under the steam. Clean it like a motherfucker. I don't look at it that greatly. Okay? He goes and tries to get a rare Richard Mill watch. And he goes, hey, guys, I'll just do an even trade with you guys. They take it to the back. And they go, hey, look at man. We don't even buy shit like this, but we'll give you a hundred for it. And he's like, a hundred, motherfucker. I heard this chain is worth like four or five hundred thousand. He goes, yeah, it would be if they're diamonds. And he goes, no, nah, bro, they're GIA. And he goes, they could be GIA because GIA recognizes HPHT. And so the guy goes, what does what does that mean? And he goes, these aren't diamonds. They've been modified, you know, in a lab. So he has a fucking aneurysm. Like he just goes fucking crazy. You know, calls the dude, guys, obviously, you, me, and you both know him, and he fucking loses it. I talked to Greg, Mr. Flawless, uh, well, formerly known as Mr. Frost, and he goes, hey, bro, you know, like, I don't really got a problem with HPHT like that. You know, boom, they're just here in New York, you know, it is what it is, you know, fucking a lot of the big jewelers sell them, blah, blah, whatever. Like, bro, I have never sold, and the thing is, okay, sorry, if I turned his chain around, and paid attention to the back out of scene where the holes were drilled. You know, where they sucked out the inclusions and shit and everything. Oh, I didn't shit. look. Because I didn't, you know, right. why would I look? They look cool, right? So let me ask. Do you fuck with them? Do you sell them at tracks or do you not sell them? No, I only sell natural diamonds. And that's why I take this shit serious. Because I'm not going to be paying for natural diamonds all day long. And competing with people who have CBD. You can't. That's not... You can't yeah, I don't with want them. to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I want to have a, a, a brand that, that stands for something. I don't want to take any shortcuts and make a dollar. And, uh, you know, one thing about me, I don't sell any fucking jewelry. I have a staff that sells it. I have a, a team, and, and that's that. I want to build a business. I don't want to sit here and, and build jewelry all day long. I want to build a brand. It doesn't I get entertain it. my mind. I get it. So God bless you for doing that because you're one of the good guys, and the real will prosper. And eventually, yes, it's a fucked up situation. I do see that CVD Bandit had traded. I don't know how big the stone was that you had there in your hand when you pulled it out of the, out of the wax paper. And I was like, well, it was crazy when you put them next to each other because, and it was a pretty crisper. It wasn't like it was a blurry video. Bro, they're, you know, bro, I'm a fucking real jeweler dog. There's no way you could pass a fake. Bro, it was like 
if you did the fucking three card Monty, I wouldn't been able to tell who the fuck you you wouldn't have been able to yeah. either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how for you put it in the machine. Boom. Well, one thing about that CBD was that it had a lot of high fluorescence. But you know, the thing is this: if somebody wants something, you tell them what it is, and but you outdoors, sell it. To you them. can't see that. You know, in a club, you can. You know, certain things. But like, yeah. you know, it's just. So, well, the high fluorescence always looked a little milky to me. You know, you see a little. I, I, I oh, noticed that the fluorescence. High. Okay, that high. I didn't know. Sorry. Okay. So now my next question is: Did you see TV Johnny? Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny Dang. Now somebody knows. Did you see Johnny Dang's ex employee, who was like one of his high employees up there, just completely right. exposed him? Videos going around. Yeah. Did you um, see that? I, saw, I heard about it, but I. I never really pay attention to what anybody else is doing, to be honest. I, I, let I him get do that. His thing. Um, you know, he's, he's a smart businessman, uh, but uh, he's taking people for a ride to some degree, you know, he, uh, but they love it. So what can I do? No, tell they them? do, and they don't give a fuck. You wonder, oh, how am I getting a grill for $1,500? You get a grill? What? Like, I don't think people get it when you're saying this, people listening. I tell people all the time, I wish gold tanked. People are like, why would you lose all your money? No, I wouldn't. You want to know why? If gold was back at 500 an ounce, 600 an ounce, do you have any idea how many motherfucking Cubans I would sell to for the, these kids? That Back in the day, regular people that work manual labor jobs, they wanted to buy their one-year-old daughter, you know, or the quinceañeras. They buy shit all day long. Mm-hmm. All day long, guys. You know what I'm saying? It is bad when gold is this high because you want to sell more chains and people want to buy more. You don't think people want to look like Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, and have fucking 17 Cubans on the neck? They do. But it's just a fucked up situation. That's never going to happen, man. Ever since gold went off the, the dollar went off the gold reserve, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's really the issue. I mean, and, and it's a way bigger issue than not being able to buy Cubans because, you know, people are, are, the American dream is going farther and farther and farther into the night, man. And uh, that sucks, bro. So the reason why I brought up the video was because you mixed one diamond with another diamond fairly similar in shape, very close in size, okay? This guy who was an employee of Johnny Dang said when they were setting, now look, it's one thing to see a bigger stone, you're gonna be able to tell, I loop it, you use a loop here and there. When you're dealing with melee stones, little tiny little fucking stones that you use for pave, he was saying that 30, 20% of the stones would be real in your piece, and the rest would be CVDs. At that point, bro, it's a needle in the fucking haystack. Good fucking luck. You know what I mean? It's just going to be impossible, bro. I don't well, give a fuck. You put it in the CVD machine. But listen, man, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. It, people are going to get uh, scared of, and not buy anything if that is indeed the case. And that's why I'm kind of outing this because I'm tired of, of dealing with these types of problems. I want people to have high confidence that, okay, you're going to go and you're going to go to a jewelry shop. And whether it's here or there in L.A., whatever. And you spend your money, you're going to get something of value. They're going to f- make a fair markup and, and and you get materials, you get labor, and it's got to be a fair transaction. If you're going to get fucked every time you buy a piece of jewelry, you're never going to buy anything. You're going to go buy something else. Yeah. And the thing is, people wonder why I promote other people. Like, let's say, for instance, what Jimmy, Greg, and what, even you, whatever, having a show. People don't get it. It's good for the jewelry economy for everyone to eat. Whether you guys don't think so or not, it is good. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Understand that. Now let's get into something fun, real quick, man. Um, well, one last point. One last point about the jewelry economy. The jewelry economy. The good news is that it has a huge potential in the future because of the rap guys 
um, and how they promote it. You know, I see fucking Chinese kids, you know, wearing uh, Jordans and Yeezys in China, not in, in, in the United States or what have you. And that culture is taking root. It took root on you. It took root on me when I was a young dude with my headphones on, listening to Nas and Biggie Smalls. And they're going to want to be icy when they grow up. So, you know, preserve the business. It'll, it'll give a lot of people an opportunity to get on their feet. 100%. So, uh, on you know, just, you know, last time we talked about it a little bit, but it was still so new. And uh, then the pandemic. We and were ahead else. of the curve. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, man, you know, being in Uncut Gems, do you think it's helped your business out as far as you, as far as your brand, your namesake, everything? Oh, absolutely. I mean, forget about it. You know, people only know me by that movie in some cases. So, uh, you know, being in a fucking movie and I'm an IMDB, I'm, sometimes I have dreams of, uh, you know, leaving my business with my staff and going to L.A. and trying to do more movies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I said, you know what? This motherfucker could be a fucking actor. He's very on point. He's got his little fucking pointer. He's got his little microphone. He has this thing set up with the big fucking TV in the back. I'm like, bro, I couldn't do this, man. This is crazy. It's fucking hilarious. Um, mm -hmm. Bro, did you open a Trax NYC in Tacoma, Washington? I had a, a customer there for a long, long time that was a really good dude that never, you know, wavered. And he wanted to open up a Trax Northwest, and uh, I let him. But he got locked up. Oh, fuck. So look, at my cousin passed away uh, a little over a month ago. He died of COVID, um, early 40s. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, I was really fucked up. You know, um, two kids, wife and everything. And so, you know, he's from oh Seattle. Oh, bro. That shit is heartbreaking, bro. Right. I don't know how much you know of, like, you know, my hobbies and things. But, you know, I'm a big Seahawks fan. Huge. Uh -huh. Like, I right. talk about it all the time. So, you know, we have season tickets and everything. So his funeral was in Tacoma. Right. Lo and behold, no idea how, because COVID's still kind of going on out there. I said, wait a second, stop. My boy goes, well, what's, what's going on? Everything okay? Are the police like, what's, are you okay? And he was speaking to me in Korean. And I said, Yo, you got to pull over here. I said, we can't pull over. We gotta go. I said, get up, get up, get, just pull over. And he's like, what's going on? You can tell me. I'm like, bro, I need to Google something real quick. Is there a fucking tracks NYC in fucking the Pacific Northwest? And, you know, my cousin's best friend was like, you know, I heard there was one in here. And I was like, dude, what the fuck does Maxud know about fucking Washington? So it just bugged me the fuck out. Because I know that you have, you know, the Tokyo one. And I'm, you know, friends with those guys. They're cool. But I was like, Seattle? Like, what the fuck? It was weird, man. I tell you a little something about me, bro. I make uh, friends in a really deep way. You know, I no, get on the do. phone with... Yeah, I get on the phone and uh, I do business with somebody and they, we be, you know, we go all the way. We become partners. We become friends. We do business. Um, and I build uh, relationships with people that are strong. If, I, if they're a good person, I, I always feel like the sky's the limit, man. And, it, you know, like uh, people who get me on, my, on the phone, whether it was one person or another, we end up uh, going down a, a long journey, you know, because there's nothing that if you have a balanced relationship and you're not a relationship where you just have fun together, but if you have something, a, a real friendship, you can do business with that person and thrive. And uh, that's how I roll, man. No, you're very passionate. When you fuck with somebody, you're very passionate. And I see why you can get upset because when you put that much effort and love into a relationship, you know, you want to, you know, be, be met with the fucking same respect. 
And with that said, you just made me think of something right now, totally out of nowhere. I saw a video of you. You were paying tribute to a friend of yours who passed, and uh, you decided to throw a shitload of money out in Times Square. You want to talk about that real quick? What happened, man? Just real quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's another customer of mine that was just one of those dudes that I was really vibing with. And you know, I'll, I'll shock you to your core right now, bro. I was in L.A. with him at a Korean restaurant. I'm like, hey, listen, we're having Korean barbecue. This is this. This is kimchi. And he's like, I know, I know. He was a quarter Korean. That dude was? Yeah, bro. Holy shit. He just looked like he was straight black. That's crazy. Yeah, he was 75% black, quarter Korean. And when I when he said that, you know, I know a lot of Korean people that have some working for me. You know, hardworking people. It's 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 amazing. Extremely hard, yeah. Yeah, and, and straightforward and do straightforward business, you know. So long story short, that was uh, shocking to me. And that's really, he had, a, he had something to him. He was a completely different type of person. And he was making money. He was doing good business. He was doing something interesting, and I was hanging out with him in L.A. I, uh, you know, uh, he was just a customer first because I don't know a person walking through the door. But then I went to dinner with him, and it was just fun the whole time. And one time, like right when the COVID started, right after I kind of uh, met up with you or what have you, uh, I get the phone call that he got shot and he died. And I'm like, what? Over, you know, Because he was doing all this money stuff, and people were jealous. The jealousy is a vicious beast, bro. The jealousy, so people who listen will understand what jealousy is. Jealousy will have you destroy yourself in an attempt to destroy another person, right? These people who, who, who killed him, they probably got caught or what have you just because he had money and they didn't. And you know, when you flash that type of money, that type of jealousy comes out. So it, it, long story short, he perished and I honored him, uh, you know, because he loved to throw that money in the air a year later and and that video got like uh with him at the end of it which is the most important part got like 80 million views they watched it in india it was on turkish news and yeah, it, it uh, came across my you know my, my timeline how, how much money did you throw out there like ten thousand? no no it was three thousand dollars oh okay so there were singles yeah god yeah. damn man it was so funny the security guard kept asking you come on man give me some money Come on, man. Yeah, give me I something. mean, he, he <laughs> came out with his. That's you know, that's what people got to understand. They got to stop thinking like that. Yeah, doesn't want to pick up off the floor. Wants to come up to me and just fucking put his hands out. Well, whatever, man. That's people are lost, bro, and they, and they nah. got to get found fast. It's fucking funny. Where do you see Tracks NYC in ten years? The well, you know, my pace of progress has been pretty high in in the recent years. I had you know some tough times, bro. Um, you know, earlier on I was getting kicked around, didn't have the inventory, didn't have this and went through the recession, was selling gold chains for fucking less than what I paid for them. Long story short, but now I'm, I'm I learned business very well. I watch a lot of Warren Buffett, uh, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. I absorb vast amounts of information, particularly Warren Buffett. And he opened up my mind to business capital allocation and, uh, you know, uh, rolling that capital and i see things completely differently so i can't even answer that question but i can tell you i'm gonna go super fucking hard to be able to give people the what they want right they want to be happy they want to get get something nice but let me just tell you one thing on that point when i was in this business and i would walk in with my digital camera uh to some of the offices on 47th street they would treat me like a fucking dog they wouldn't offer me a job for eight dollars a fucking hour 
you know, in 2004 and 2005. They stop me in the fucking street now and they beg me to do business with them. I don't have time for their jewelry. Whether they, they, they give it to me in a duffel bag, I don't want it. So, you know, the tables turned on that end. And what really bothered me is to how short-sighted they were when I came to do business. And I will never treat a customer like they treated me. I know what the customer wants because I know what I wanted. Some decency, some respect, some fair prices. I tell every fucking person, if my staff gives you any pressure or anything like that, let me know because I want people to walk in, look at the price, walk up and down the block and come back if they want. I don't want anything else. I want them to, to have a dignified fucking experience. And that's really, that philosophy is taking me far, bro. No, that's fair, man. You know what? Uh, it's funny you said Warren Buffett. You know what my favorite thing about Warren Buffett is? What? Is that he eats fucking McDonald's breakfast every day. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane for a guy, uh, you know, uh, at his age, uh, especially. But uh, I mean, you know, I don't know how many people know about Warren Buffett, but they should. It, I'll tell them like this: people are gonna fall asleep talking about Warren Buffett right now. No, for sure. But <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell them one thing: they're gonna fall asleep on a lot of money. Because if they spent, if they're in business or they're, you know, doing T-shirts or whatever, and they're in this cold, cruel, dark business world and they want a light to shine, if they spend 10 hours watching Warren Buffett interviews, they will uh, increase their potential to make earnings by at least 500%. So don't sleep on shit like that. No, People not think at it's all. fucking boring. I spent at you least know, maybe 100 hours looking at the video. So, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I believe you. The fucking guy took, you know, uh, a small amount of money and he's got a hundred billion dollars. And here's the here's the kicker. You know, there's the, the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. They're the richest man in the world because their stocks are overpriced. His stock is underpriced. He's like number three or number four, number five. But but real value, not by price, real value. He is the richest man in the world and he never says it. And people don't understand that because they don't understand value. They just understand what the price is. And that's really why they're getting robbed by the fucking Federal Reserve and getting taken for a ride because they believe that everything is fair, but it's not. And, and they the funny don't, thing they don't is, understand. besides his, his Global Express and Gulf Streams and shit like that, besides that, right, suits are pretty chill. Obviously, his appearance, everything's really relaxed. He had a fucking Lincoln Continental. That was fucking old as shit, right? A lot of similarities, right? You're pretty chill. I mean, you know, you have a motorcycle, whatever, boom. You know, I never see you wear any big jewelry, nothing and all that stuff, Right. So I, I, it's like a question I was curious about, bro. Like, what's the most expensive watch that you personally own? I don't uh, have one that's very expensive. I have a Rolex that was gifted to me by a customer. He bought three Rolexes from us, and he gifted one to me, and and, to, and he was Korean too, <laughs> and two to uh, uh, other uh, members of my staff. And I engraved it, and I put diamonds in it, and I wear it every so day. Is that the, so that's your nice, nicest watch right now you have? I mean, uh, pretty much. I have a bunch of Cartiers I just got, but they're in the shop. I'm not going to wear them, wear them out. And you know what? Another thing about me is I'm very, very picky. The watch I want is $150,000, man. And what is it, bro? I'm Tell me. That in my business. It's going to be Patek Philippe. Right. Or something like that, you know. Uh, no, I have a lot of protects. I get it, yeah. Moon phase is beautiful, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to spend that $150,000 and not do something for my fucking family in Azerbaijan. You know what I'm saying? And 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 for my mom and all the people that, you know, I treat myself to some type of watch. I, I'm not going to enjoy it that way. Uh, but once you I, take, once you take care of all of them first, then you're good. Yeah. If, if I'm going to have a $150,000 watch, I have to... Uh, be at that level, uh, not just by look. I don't want the look. I want to. I want to okay. be there. And, Fair and enough. And there's a, a lot of things. 
I, you know, I, I have a very, very uh, moral sense of, of, of what I want to be and, and my relationship in this world. And I'm a patient guy, bro. I'll wait my turn. I'm not mad at that at all. Now, to get into, to wrap this up, we get into one of my favorite things that I've been talking about for last eight years, but obviously, you know, here and there on the podcast, it's been very popular as of, you know, the most recent few weeks. Let's talk about crypto, bro. We talk about crypto and then I, maybe I ask you a couple of questions if you don't mind. Let's do it, brother. So you're in crypto. You, you got, you want some I, coins? I'm, I'm being forced into fucking crypto, bro, because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't sit here and, and, and let, let this pass me by and be this fucking, you know, jerk off that thinks it's all bullshit. Right. It's definitely um, not bullshit, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing some money into Dogecoin right. because this guy, Elon Musk, is going to go fly to the fucking moon. With a literal, some, yeah, a little Dogecoin yeah. will be in there. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's going to put a Dogecoin on the moon or do something wacky like that, it, the price is going to go up. I don't, I, I'm not a speculator either. I don't want to take someone else's money. But if it becomes some some global currency because of this, this you know, space station dude or whatever, you know, it, 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 I don't want to be a Johnny-come-lately on that. I no, was a Johnny-come-lately on, on Bitcoin, and uh, I never really believed in it. And, you know, I don't know what the price is. Uh, if the price is fair now, but it's it's for me, it's too late to to try to. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a little high, and some people are like, "Well, it's gonna be a hundred That that may be true, might not be true. So right. understand. I was buying Bitcoin when it was under a hundred bucks. You know, it got in and out. I was one of the first. Well, I'm sorry, not one of. The, I was the first jewelry store ever in, in the world to accept Bitcoin. I was one of the first stores on Shopify to accept Bitcoin, right? Do you accept well, you crypto? Beat me there. Yeah, I accept crypto now. Beautiful, beautiful. And we're making all the wallets and doing all the shit for all the staff and things like that for them to accept the crypto. But that that you saw from afar and that- Well, not necessarily. It was just that there was a lot of people well-versed and we, we decided to make our um, companies, you know, uh, like portfolio included because we were accepting it. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I, I got into Ethereum at 165 bucks you know, um, I've made, you know, seven figure profit just in the last seven months. You know, I got in a doge. I bought doge at 0. 0.003. So, you know, I've made, I've made a quarter million. And, and if it jumps up to what we think it will, then it's going to be big money. Right. So it's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's been, there's been some good things. Ethereum is fucking skyrocket like in the last you know month. But, uh, listen, bro, I want to give you the platform now to ask me, you know, whatever you feel like asking, bro. Cause I think we've had a great conversation so far. Yeah, well, listen. One other thing, I appreciate you having me on here. It uh, it really is pleasant, man. And we, you know, when I'm, when I'm in LA, I'll I'll pop in, what have you. Return the favor because it is uh, good for my business. But um, uh, tell me, you know, what you're seeing yourself in ten years? Uh, what are you doing? Where are you at? Uh, what do you want to get out of life, bro? In ten years, dude, I am beyond retired. Like I'm trying to retire in less than five, right? In ten years, I think. Uh, in, in a perfect world. What does world. retirement look like? What retirement, retirement looks like? like my oldest son should be graduating high school. My second son should be getting close to graduating high school, right? My daughter will be barely entering high school, right? I want to be completely involved in every aspect of their life if they'll allow me to, right? And just be, you know, a full-time dad. You know, at that point, you know, I think me and my wife, you know, would be nice to maybe downsize a little bit on the home because... You know, I um would love to travel with her, even though I love traveling as it is. But I mean, you know, kind of just really doing as much as I can with my kids. And I think at that point, even though I'm retired, 
I would love to talk about jewelry or anything else on a mentorship level, uh, not in a business level. You know, I think I've, you know, this last year has been really that great. I could definitely hang it up now, but I feel like there's still a story. You know, there's still there's still more, you know, more more work to do. Well, listen, you you reached the top of the jewelry business. You know, uh, you know when your name was mentioned when I was, uh, you know, doing bullshit. You know, it was it was such a big deal. So you definitely saw the top of the mountain. And, you know, you pass the torch on to whoever, wherever, but you definitely, uh, you know, the, the Jay-Z of, of, of that industry. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. I'll give you that, and, and, and you deserve it. Uh, but you felt this way about, you know, having this family life before you had kids? Did you think you were going to be doing something else, or did you decide this, that the family is what you want? So this is the crazy part. When I was coming up, I knew I always wanted to have a kid, right? Didn't know if I wanted two. Definitely didn't want three, right? It was a different thing that happened. And, you know, I just felt like at this point, I'm doing a lot of drugs. I'm getting fucked up all the time. I'm getting drunk way too much. And it wasn't like the money being spent, you know, because I was spending money here and there, buying shit here and there. It was more of the self-destruction, right? And not loving myself as much as I thought I loved myself for the obvious reasons. But really, who does that if you love yourself, right? You destroy your body and everything, right? So, you know, I slowed down a little bit. I was still very immature, still talking shit, still being me. But... You know, I just kind of was like, hey, man, what woman is going to want to marry some dude? You know, and maybe there are because there's money, right? I have money. so. But I was like, let me find someone level-headed. You know, I, f- I found my queen. I found my wife. And um, sh- her timing was right. So timing is everything, right? And, it, yep. and, you know, when we had the first kid, my life had changed forever at that moment. You know, um, it's not a dog. It's not anything else. You know, it's, it's someone's like, oh, you love a dog. Or anything. That's great. You don't have to worry about what a dog is going to be in society. You don't have to worry about that person to be an adult, carrying your last name, carrying a legacy. You know, it's a lot of pressure and things. So, you know, um, beforehand, no. I was just thinking about getting money. And, uh, you know, now that I have some money, you know, it's an interesting thing. You know, I, I'm You're very— investing your love into your children, which is, uh, you know, the, the traditional place to invest your love. Unless you're Jesus or something like that. Yeah, no, so, but just saying, nothing's more important than, than my kids. It's just really just a... But, you know, listen, I uh, there's the, the traditional Korean household where, you know, very strict, very disciplined, pay the, play the piano. And How are you raising your kids? What are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing uh, to, to exercise their minds and open up their minds so they could be like you and see things from afar? That's a little tough right now. I'll be honest with you. You know, I had a really tough upbringing. Um, my dad whooped my ass on a regular basis. My my mom did too. They're very strict. You know, school seven days a week, all that. Everything about them was just education. That's all they care about. You know, yeah, yeah. traditional fucking Korean household. Um, because my dad whooped my ass so to the point where it was not even abuse anymore. It was, at that point, it was like hate crime, right? It was just some crazy shit. That's crazy. I didn't realize until maybe in the last like seven years that my wife was like, hey, man you know, I think you should probably go do some deep therapy because, you know, it's, you know, and I don't really spank my kids like that. And so I'm very laxed on them. You know, um, I decided that I should support them. You know, um, you know, I was really into sports, played basketball, got a scholarship, playing football in college. And, you know, I try to try to put a ball in their hand. It just doesn't, it's like they, they almost refuse it. Right. So, you know, <laughs> one thing about them is my oldest son is just loves like he loves dinosaurs, right? Loves sharks, loves, he, I think he's going to be a fucking, you know, something to do with fucking, uh, a, like an aquarium, like being, a, um, not a veterinarian, but whatever it is, but something with that space, right? My middle son, he's a hustler. He's like me. He's literally the fucking mini version of me. But what I make sure is that 
they're gentle with the earth, right? We go camping a, a lot. We go at least two to three times a month. You know, we go and go hiking, go look at things. You know, they're, they're very well-versed. My son, London, who's eight and a half, can name 300 species of sharks, right? And, uh, you know, we, we, we get into that and we, you know, we, we uh, I'm finally able to talk to them about certain things. You know, um, when I drop them off at school, I try to drop them off in the most regular car. And what's crazy is I didn't have a regular car for a long time, but I got one because I didn't want them to, you know, feel a certain way. What's yes, a regular car? I mean, I got, I got a minivan, but before that, my Tesla, you know, P100D Model X is still a $170,000 car, right? It's, you know, almost 200 grand, so it's not really, but it was as regular as I can get it because everything else wasn't. So pick them up at school, and they're like, hey, daddy, did you bring the Ferrari? I'm like, no, what are, you, what are you talking about? Did you bring the McLaren? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, we, I don't have that. What are you talking about? And in a way, I feel bad because I might have threw them under the bus, and their friends would be like, oh, these kids are liars. I just didn't want them to, I was like, hey, man, look, man, yes, you go to private school, and yes, other kids here are very privileged, but I, that's not like at all the focus, you know? So one thing that I'm proud of in my home is we have a library. Like, no bullshit. Yes, there's computers, this, that, whatever. But we have a library, and it is massive. It is 13 feet tall, right? It's probably 65% filled with books, and most of the books they've read. And so that's where my shit is, you know? Like, they, I make sure that, all right, oh, you want to get your money for your video game? You know, they play Roblox. And then the currency in Roblox is Robux. I'm like, oh, you want your Robux this week? Give me a book report. So they got to do book reports, you know what I mean? Well, so that sounds like a Korean household yeah, right there. Yeah, you know, but still, man, I got to make them do something. You know what I mean? We ride sure. our bikes and shit, try to do some exercise. And, uh, you know, it's uh, this is the well, most well, time. Here's, here's the issue before, I'm sorry to cut you off. Here's the issue with, listen, uh, the, the corrupting agent, it comes from the outside. You know, you go to private school, then there's a lot of snobbery. And, you know, like uh, when I came home from school, I didn't tell my parents what was going on at school. Uh, right. and, and and all that. So, you know, you you have any thoughts on that? Because you, the number one thing is education, education, education. Building character. This is the thing. Education's cool, right? I don't know if you know, like, but I've been a big advocate for fucking, I wish I didn't go to college. I feel like I'd have been a billionaire, right? There was so much I did. I've been watching some random things. And I, and I hate these business pages that tell you what to do when they show a fake picture of like, you know, fucking uh, Mark Zuckerberg and a quote that he didn't say, but they put it out there, you know, boom, right? put a picture of fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and pull some bullshit quote that he didn't say and try to make it look cool. But one thing, I watched this one video and it wasn't Jack Ma, I forgot, it was another prominent Asian dude. And he goes, you know what's crazy about school? They teach you about history, they teach you how to do math, teach you about this, that, and the third and all this stuff. You know what they don't teach you how to do? How to make money. And, you know, it's, it's true. You know, it's fucking important. You know, how do you make a dollar in certain things? So, you know, with that said, you know, with my, with my kids, I definitely want them to be happy. I want them to have friends. But my wife had such a loving household. There's kisses, affection. I love you. You know, a lot of communication. For the most part, even though she didn't tell her parents when she was out partying, whatever, she had a very good relationship. And if that's what my kids want to hold back some of this stuff, I'm not mad at that at all. But I think because my parents were so fucking strict and so fucking just crazy Koreans and, you know, hitting us when we we're still 15, 16, like, we're, we're too old for this. Like, how are you still hitting us? You know, I think our kids will be as open as they can. They'll come to us for help. You know, I think that just, you know, that we can have those. And that's, that's a goal that I need to work on. You know, we have some time to do that. So, you know, that's my opinion on it. As far as private school, look, man, if public school 
was a little smaller, you know, that'd be cool. But because I live, you know. Public school, you're going to learn how to roll a blunt in there and that's it, bro. <laughs> you're about public school, dude. I'm just saying, you know, like my, my son, he has, you know, he has three teachers. So it's, you know, it's, he has a, a lot more attention and he needs it. You know, he's got a short attention span. So, you know, uh, you know what? I don't mind it. It's a great thing, man. Yeah, I got a real short attention span. But I'll tell you one thing about me. You know, um, uh, my father was a homicide detective in the Soviet Union, yeah, right? And it wasn't the easy, you know, when uh, you're sitting, sitting there thinking about ice cream and, you know, someone's coming home after stepping over a dead body. You know, I, I felt the energy. That's what made me a serious guy and, and made me uh, take <laughs> life serious, uh, for real. And, uh, you, you know, that, that has a, a benefit, you know, uh, making money, learning money, all this other stuff. But there's a lot of corrupting agents, especially in today's society. And uh, one piece of advice, whether you, uh, uh, you've applied or not, is obviously up to you. But to, to make sure that they build the right character to be leaders, because this world's going to need a lot of leaders and not uh, be followers of how, how other people behave. Because dad's real cool right now. Then you grow up. And uh, you start thinking this, thinking that. That's a you that's know, a way to funny? see that in the mind. You know what's yeah. funny is is I could see leadership in Ryder, my middle son. I could see leadership in Makaya. London is a very sweet, passive, chill kid. And I'm worried that someone will try to take advantage of him and certain things. So it's very good advice. I, I do believe in that. And I think that, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it, but again, I want them to know I support them. So like, you know, when they're not doing so good in sports and they're really, really, really good in video games. And when I do that, when I mean that is, They'll be in a, in one of the worlds. Enter a game. There's one world. Boom. I could see how many people are online, and they'll be in a, in a game with two hundred forty thousand people. I can see by status level this or whatever. And I'm like, look, dude, my son isn't even fucking nine. Do you know what I mean? And he's crushing all these fucking teenagers. Whatever. I was like, you know what? This might be the thing. So you know what? I'm just gonna try to encourage things that he likes and things whatever. But at the same time, you gotta get your school done just to get the work ethic. I just need the work ethic there. You know what I mean? Don't be lazy. Make sure that they're still doing shit. That you know they live a privileged life. You know. Last question I got for you, bro. We can wrap this up, man. Is you work real hard, right? Not just like racking your brain, but I can tell mentally your mind, even when you're focused in on this motherfucking bandit, CBD cocksucker, blah, blah, whatever, <laughs> your mind is still thinking about other things. I see it in your face and everything else. And look, dude, you can't keep that up. That the energy you got, bro, you're going to kill yourself. You know what I mean? You're just, you have a lot, of, a lot of shit in your mind. When is the last time you took a real vacation? Um, last summer, I, I was in Atlanta with Safari chilling. I, I, I break on, away. Come on, man, Atlanta. Come on, bro. I'm talking about a, I'm talking I, about I, somewhere tropical, I took a road tropical, trip man. during COVID and I, and I took it, I, I got a Corvette drop top, whatever, C7, whatever the fuck it was and flew around, uh, uh, the West, the East coast and through North Carolina, stayed in dope, better. I get a break, brother. Believe me. I chill. I get a break. I do this nice. and do that, but. But was the time you were out of the country, though? Like, you know, Caribbean, Asia, somewhere, Europe? I was all over the place, to be honest. I was in uh, Tulum with Safari and Erica. Nice, um, nice, Hanging nice. out over there. And, and I had a great, great time. But I, I'm at a point in my mind where I'm, I, I'm, I am thinking. I don't have kids. You right. know, um, I... Do you I, want I kids, though? with my girlfriend. Yeah, I want, I okay. want kids. And, yeah. Well, like you said, timing. It comes to you. It doesn't. I'm not really going to run to it. But broke up with my girlfriend because I want to sit home. And think, my brother. <laughs> nice. You know what I'm saying? I want to yeah. think. And uh, I'm searching for the truth inside my mind. I want to learn. And it's working. And I really want to I want to conquer, bro. I want to conquer. I want to get the party started. 
and uh, do something interesting while I got the chance to do it. Look, Max, I believe in you. Uh, sidebar, Safari is a old friend of mine, good dude, very, very solid guy. Um, I know Safari since he was, you know, when he was as serious as you could be with Nikki. Um, you could ask Safari, it's a funny thing, man. Never once did I ask to meet Nikki. He's invited me to, oh, hey, man, come over here, boom, here and there. Never try to do it. Like, I just, you know, that's just not me. You know, most scumbag guys be like, hey, man, let me get this, 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 and this, you know, and it's crazy. Like, you know, I love where he's at now. He's always been a great dude, rode motorcycles and chilled and everything. And now Erica, Erica is crazy as hell. Love Erica too, but she don't fuck around. Erica will fucking fight motherfuckers uh, I learned that the hard way, bro. Oh, yeah, no, Erica's crazy. Yeah, I was at, I was staying at their house and, you know, they had a little relationship thing or what have you. And I started giving my opinion to Erica and that was a big mistake, bro. <laughs> I was walking on eggshells for the rest of my stay. Let's let's leave Dog, it at that. I don't want to get into her business. Let me just say this right now. She ain't scared of nobody, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, she's yeah, I learned that. fucking crazy. But yo, listen, Max, man, I can't yeah. tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. I hope we could do Anytime. it a third time. And look, the best thing about all this is some people think you're just all jewelry. And you're really about life, like more than, you know, it's so much, you know, you've expanded your fucking horizons. And I know you're definitely in the business, I can tell with the Warren Buffett and everything else. But what I'm saying is, I, I just want you to enjoy life. Some people say it's long. I really do think it's like not. No, it's not. Yeah. So, you know, just man, look, stay in touch with me, bro. And again, you're welcome back on and we'll figure out another uh, topic I, of discussion. I can't wait. Anytime, yeah, brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> I owe you one. All right? Yo, ladies and gentlemen, that was Max a.k.a. Tracks NYC. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, yo, Miles, throw me on some Lakey Lake real quick. Yeah, that jazzy shit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back, y'all. Yo, yo, man, right about now, I got to give a shout out to at DBPicksWin. If you didn't know, the Dust Brothers have been on a roll with their NBA picks. Like I've been telling you, it is some shit that no other sports handicap better has even done. Okay, we've got something big rolling out football season. So get in on the ground floor now. DM and follow at DBPicksWin on Instagram to join our community of winners. All right? You can buy individual picks or sign up for the one-time initiation fee that gets you every pick every night, even the playoffs. All right? The Dust Brothers podcast by day, and then they pick winners by night. I'm not fucking around. These guys go 6-0 and oh on a regular basis in a day. It's nuts. They went 6-0. and They went 7-0. and The next night, they don't fuck around. They're really crushing it. Follow at DBPicksWin. All right, y'all, uh, different format. You know what I'm saying? I'm really beat the fuck up. I'm tired of shit. Uh, I'm going to hit some golf balls in a little bit. I got some meetings. Uh, 
one of my boys is, uh, in fact, you know what? I can't even say it because I might fuck around and move in the surprise because his lady might listen to the show. I think some of you guys might figure that out. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that tracks interview. Uh, we're going to cut the show. You know, it was, it was a good, I gave you guys enough game, gave you guys a good little, you know, little interview with tracks. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends about this show. Okay. I got some dope ass giveaways coming up in a couple weeks and they'll be exclusive for the BTB army members only. Right. Also, we're dropping autographs, uh, my Project 70 cards, on Tuesday, May 4th. That is this coming Tuesday after the, the weekend wrap-up. My Ichiro cards dedicated to my cousin, rest in peace, Rex Yang. They're going to sell out very, very fast, so don't sleep. And also, if you are planning on hitting the National in Chicago this summer, you better plan it now. There will be a lot of money to be made, a lot of insane shit. It is going to be like nothing you have ever seen or witnessed in your life in the hobby before. I don't give a fuck how long you've been around it. I promise you it's going to be nuts. Me and Gary V be up in there. You know, I got a big ass booth with tops. Anyways, lastly, don't forget to leave your questions to be answered on the podcast. You need to do it today because it shit takes a couple days to get into the system. Do it ASAP. We got fan questions on the weekend wrap up. Make sure you already know the drill. Stop playing. All right. But that's it, y'all. That is it for this fucking episode. We are out of here. Yo, Lakey Inspired. What's good, my dude? All right, sir. Please take us the fuck home. All right, y'all. Peace.